down for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. Hello. Welcome to Elton Reads a Book a Week, the podcast that takes reading a book a week and makes a fucking podcast out of it. I am your host, Elton, and I read a book a week. Recently, I purchased some items at a at an estate sale of one Marjorie Van Clemens of Pottsville, Pennsylvania. You know, along with the books uh, that I usually get and the ceramic tchotchkes and weary willy paintings, I decided to get a mystery box. It's only uh, a little bit bigger than a shoebox, maybe a little bit more cube-like. It, it's an old wooden box with a lot of holes in the side. Anyway, I was hoping to find something valuable in it, so I snatched it up for next to nothing, and uh, I brought it home, and then I forgot about it. Though it did manage to make its way up to the back of a closet upstairs. But you know, uh, that happens, I guess. Loss of memory and buying shit that you don't need. So a few months later, right, I'm writing um, at night, as I usually do, and I receive a Skype call from an unknown caller. Normally I'd ignore it, but I figured, what the hell, I needed a break. And uh, what happened after that uh, confused and entertained me. Tell you what, it was a group of men speaking gibberish about the Bill of Rights, and they wanted to ask me questions about it. You know, I was bored, and so I figured I'd play along, because I read a book about just such a thing. We chatted a while, and then the uh, the call broke up or lost connection or whatever. Anyway, they never called back. And, you know, the end, right? And then soon after that, I found myself in that closet uh, where I stashed that box and so I opened it, and uh, what I found was a handwritten transcript of what was said during a meeting held by the Founding Fathers, dating back to the uh, U.S. colonial period. This particular meeting was to discuss the Bill of Rights. So the following is a reenactment of that transcript. Some content has been removed and or slightly altered for pacing, interest, and clarity. Reasonable care was taken to adhere to the accuracy and the spirit of the recorded text. Listener discretion is advised. Gentlemen, we're gathered here at the Francis to deliberate a Bill of Rights. For inclusion in the recently ratified Constitution, and and uh, and 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 any any concerns therein, having debated this for some time, we are all too familiar with the old and new obstacles before us. So, to aid in our new and uh, inevitable impasses, Benjamin Franklin claims to have invented a. Uh, cl- uh, uh, he claimed to invented uh, a machine that will help us better understand our dilemmas. I, Thomas Jefferson, will act as an unofficial moderator for these proceedings, acting only to keep the discussion moving forward, as it would take a thousand years otherwise. Why? Again, I'd like it noted. Why do we need a Bill of Rights at all? Gentlemen, please. This is why we brought the hemp. <sighs> It allows us to listen and deliberate ideas, expound on their nuance, and tolerate their inevitable frustrations we're sure to encounter. 
like the kind Madison here, is sure to invoke constantly. So smoke up among you, gentle sirs. Speak your mind, Madison, yet again. Gents, gents, allow me to amaze you with my infallible genius by quoting someone who agrees with me, but is surely only a quarter as smart. James Wilbur. Get on with it, Madison. Very well. A bill annexed to a constitution is an enumeration of the powers reserved. The consequence is that an imperfect enumeration would throw all implied power into the scale of the government, and the rights of the people would be rendered incomplete, and vice versa. Interesting, James. I, too, would like to imbue a similar point of view. Fine. Note the floor goes to Alexander Hamilton. Proceed. A bill of rights is very unnecessary, as anyone here cares to recollect. Are merely stipulations between kings and the subjects of privileged reservations the prince doesn't get. Like Magna Carta before was obtained by barons from King John with their swords. It's evident, therefore, that their primitive signification is applicable no more since constitutions founded upon the power of the people and executed by reps they designate, and it also stands the reasons that reservations aren't needed, as people surrender nothing and they retain everything. Also interesting. I'd like it noted that my comments were far more succinct in opposition to Hamilton's vociferous rambling. While one can't pontificate any way he chooses, he who duels with me, my friend, always loses. Do, do you not remember who I am, God damn it? I'm Colonel James Federalist Paper Madison, sir. That alone commands... A fart more or less something boisterous and foul would be my guess. The vulgarity, Hamilton. You, sir, are lucky I am... A feathered incarnation of fart just as a man? Mother... Gentlemen, please! We're not here to discuss whether Madison is flatulence incarnate. While I respect both of your opinions... I must call out horse shit, arguing the contrary, that informing a government on its true principles, the foundations must be laid by expressly reserving to the people <sighs> their essential rights. I too uh, would like to add, uh... May it be recognized that John Jay wishes to have his say. A waste of time, Jay. The most learned authority has already spoken on the subject. We shall move on. Most, most, uh, most learned? James fucking Madison. Now, she, she sure, sure, surely must, must be, um, that's hard, that's, that's, uh, that's hardly a valid reason. Nor, nor are you the, uh, nor, nor are you the definitive. I, I, you know, I, I too help. Um, I too help lay out. Um, there. I mean, therefore. Sorry, did I interrupt? Actually, I was. Um, I was counter arguing Madison. You um, interrupted um, nothing, the, uh, Franklin. Uh, Come on, bring that contraption to the table. What is it? It looks like nothing more than Jack in the Box. That's because it is a Jack in the Box, Jefferson. A jack-in-the-box, I've added a few mechanisms to change the inner workings. Though, essentially short of the holes added to the side panel, it's housed in a jack-in-the-box, but has little more relation than that. Oh, I see. And what does this device do? From what I've been able to surmise, when the box is wound, 
and an inquiry is spoken into the holes in the side of the box. It opens up a communication link which contacts someone in the future holding the relevant information to answer your query. That's impossible. The future, you say? <laughs> you must be joking. I'm completely serious, Thomas. Yes, I believe it creates an intertemporal communicative connection to the information by casting out a net of sorts, which gathers up and brings back the most relevant informational source, kind of a, a, an internet, so to speak, or so I'm calling it. So, by cranking the handle on the side there, activating this internet, and speaking a question into the box, then what happens? A clown or something jumps out with the information? What? That's absurd. No, no. A disembodied voice issues from the box with the relevant information with which you can communicate back and forth with until your questioning is satisfied. You're mad, Franklin. That's preposterous. Ghost voices from the future, Franklin? You're putting us on. I'm inclined to believe you, honestly. Even with the testing, I can say that I'm still a little perplexed. And the only information I've gathered from the box is still unconfirmed. How so, Franklin? Well, naturally, when I asked a question of the box, I used someone I knew as the subject of the search, as I was frankly too scared to learn anything of my future self. So, I inquired about someone else. Who, Ben? Well, you. And that's the source of the... Confusion and unconfirmed information, as what was told to me made no sense. I, I, I inquired about the latest news of one Thomas Jefferson, and whereby a voice came from the box, uh, answering my inquiry. A at least I think it did. The voice was that of a student attending university. He was, and I quote, high and trolling comment sections at the time. I what that is, I couldn't tell you. Still, there was a voice, and the connection to him, though only brief, uh, he did give me information that I assume was relevant to my question. It was a strange bit of information, something I couldn't confirm until now, I suppose. Um, uh, my work as a statesman, I assume, or perhaps my work in legality would, uh... uh have... No. Um, no. No, uh, about illegitimate children with a slave woman named... Crank up the box, Franklin. Uh, I'm sorry? Crank up the damn box! <clears throat> right. Should we be concerned with this commotion? It made the same noise as the last time, and no harm seemed to come of it. How about irretrievably damaging the natural flow of time, perhaps disturbing future events in a cascade of ever more chaotic sequences, increasing in volatility, that it eventually ends in the destruction of mankind, and in turn, the world? I have no idea, Thomas. Truth be told, I was high when I thought of it. High when I made it, and of course, I, when I tested it, I really haven't given it much thought at all. Given what much thought? <sighs> what? What? What were? What were you talking about? <coughs> <coughs> uh. 
making so much noise. It's time to ask the question now. The box? Yes. About the Bill of Rights, Jefferson. Oh, right. Oh, ah, right. Yeah. Uh, what are the opposing viewpoints regarding the Bill of Rights? Now, has our summoning uh, of you trapped you within its confines? Oh, gr oh, great spirit! Please have mercy, for we, for we know not what we do. We, we don't know what we've done. We don't know what we've done. Are you done, Thomas? Thomas, I'm telling you, it's no spirit. Then a trick, Franklin. A ghastly Hello. ruse to amuse us for the evening. We are in no need of distractions, Franklin. It's no ruse. Just a communication Hello, device that communicates with someone from the future want, and brings information back want, from it. You want? I. I see your point. What the fuck are you people talking about? Who the fuck is this? The future answer box, my good man. Are you a man? A spirit? Certainly not Satan. <laughs> though, though a demon. Uh, uh, heavens, please don't be Satan or a demon. Uh, no. Jefferson, you buffle-headed clunge. Hello there. Hello there. I am Benjamin Franklin, and I'm here with yeah, my friend Mark, Thomas Mark, Jefferson, uh, among others. I've contacted I, I you to, via the internet it, you to know what, ask a few questions of you. As fine. it is apparent, fine. you have answers. Uh, you know what? I'm seek. bored. It's not a problem. I'll play along. All right. Uh, what's your What's your question? What is your name, if I may? My name. My name is Elton. Oh, great, Elton. Good. Uh, well, uh, well, the question. Uh, what is? What are some opposing views to the Bill of Rights? The Bill of Rights, in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights in the U.S. Constitution. If it is still in use, yes. Of course, it's still around. It's, it's the basis of the U.S. government. Great! It still exists in the future. Is that a fucking bong I hear? Uh, bong? Uh, I'm not familiar with the term, I'm afraid. Nice anachronism, Dodge. Really playing up this Founding Fathers thing, huh? And you're high. So, I mean, it's making more sense all the high? time. High? That's the second time I've heard that term. Second time? Are you smoking weed? Weed? Yeah, weed. You know, um, 420, ganja, cannabis, chronic, hemp. Oh, uh, hemp. Um, yes. Why? Well, high means you've smoked enough to become, uh, you know, you can't think clearly. You're, I guess, intoxicated. It doesn't, you know what, it doesn't fucking matter, Benny boy. So yeah, they, uh, let's, let's get back to, the Bill of Rights exists, okay? Actually, it's weird. Um, I just finished reading a book about uh, opposing viewpoints to the Bill of Rights, like, this week. Franklin, it seems your internet works. So it would seem. Uh, a book, you say? Uh, a book you wrote, perhaps? Hmm? No. No, I didn't write it. Did I write the book? If it's of any importance, I'm sure I did. The author isn't important. 
I guess it's not important. I don't know. It, it doesn't... It, it was written for the American History Series by Greenhaven Press. It, I think it's more of a collection of writings instead of, you know, a single author, so to speak. Must be one of Jay's works. Madison? Quiet, Madison. This collection of writings that give an opposing view to the right, what do they say? It's actually a collection of views for multiple amendments in the Bill of Rights, both for and against them. Uh, I guess it's more for um, yeah, debatable amendments, I guess, and how they interpret their meanings. Like, for instance, uh, regarding the freedom of speech, uh, freedom of the press, you know, and whether they should be liable and accountable for uh, so-called seditious writing and such. George Hay said this regarding the sedition bill. Uh, much of the sedition bill, as relates to printed libels, is expressly forbidden by the, uh, the Constitution. Like the words freedom of the press, like most other words, have a meaning, a clear, precise, and definite meaning, which, which the times require. Uh, they should be unequivocally ascertained. Uh, to ascertain what freedom of the press is, we have only to ascertain what freedom itself is. For surely it will be conceded that uh, freedom applied to one subject means the same as freedom applied to another subject. Now, freedom is of two kinds, and of two kinds of freedom only. One is the absolute freedom which belongs to a man uh, previous to any social institution, and the other, that qualified or abridged freedom, which he is content to enjoy for the sake of government and society. Absolute freedom is the power uncontrolled by law of doing what he pleases, provided he does no injury to any other individual. Uh, freedom of the press is meant a total exemption of the press from legislative control, the privilege of printing anything, you know, without control. This is regarding the limitations of the First Amendment? Yes, uh, regarding whether it invalidates the Sedition Act. The Sedition Act? Quit hogging the box with your meaningless drivel, Jefferson. There are more pressing issues at hand. Hello there, I'm James fucking Madison. How many statues of me have they put up? Has there been an overwhelming majority of beautiful women naming their children James in my honor? Or both? It's both, isn't it? Probably both. Excuse my colleague, disembodied voice. It's my firm belief that the smallest talk isn't his choice, though. With no evidence and based on speculation, I'd say it comes from inbreeding and too much masturbation. The gall of this cur. Hamilton, I demand an apology, swine. And what is masturbation? Gentlemen, please! <clears throat> Sorry, Elton. Please proceed in telling us uh, of the other contrarian points, if you would. Sure, Franklin. Uh, there's a bit about separation of church and state, if you're interested in that. Uh, Lillian Gobatus, age 12, and her brother William, age 10, were expelled from the public schools of Minersville, Pennsylvania, which, uh, coincidentally, are just a few miles away from me. Anyway, they refused to salute the national flag as part of their daily school exercise. The children had been brought up conscientiously to believe that such a gesture of respect for the flag was forbidden by command of scripture. The argument was whether the requirement of participation in such ceremony exacted from a child who refuses upon sincere religious grounds uh, infringe without due process of law the liberty guaranteed by the Fourth Amendment. The court ruled 8 to 1 against the children and in favor of the school board's directive. The reasoning was that the freedom of religion was not an absolute, and that laws which do not directly and purposefully restrict or promote religion may be allowed. The court deferred to the school board and other local authorities in determining the goal of upholding national unity, 
by requiring a flag salute, uh, and that overrode civil liberties concerns. I don't agree with that at all, personally, and neither did a later court, because they reversed the decision three years later in a similar case. Children are schooled in public institutions that require supervisory boards? Incredible. That was your takeaway? Naturally, the future is the natural progression of private tutelage being so prevalent that it's educated the masses. Knowledge spills from every facet of society, and that it's become publicly available everywhere. Good God, Jay, are you still here? Why are you even speaking? It's like the wall took an opinion and wants the whole world to know about it. Madison, one day I will have my justice on your verbal indignation, so help me! I... It's obvious my work regarding free public schooling eventually expands and is accepted nationally. It's quite obvious now. You hop-headed heathens, if you're quite finished. Please continue, O oh spirit of the future. You guys are a trip. Uh, the book goes on to talk about the case of Everson versus the Board of Education. It involved a New Jersey program that provided school transportation to all students, whether they attended public or private religious schools. The Supreme Court held that because of the 14th Amendment, prohibition on religious establishment applied to state, local, and federal laws. They then examined what was meant by the clause in the First Amendment prohibiting the quote-unquote establishment of religion. Uh, Hugo Black, Associate Justice from 1937 to 71, considered historical evidence to ascertain the views of Thomas Jefferson huh, and James Madison and their struggle against religious taxes in Virginia. He concluded that the evidence indicates the first erected a wall of separation between church and state, quote-unquote, a phrase that originated in an 1811 letter by Jefferson. Despite making logical sense regarding taxation, I believe the phrase to be patently stupid on merit. Because you didn't think of it first, am I right? That's wholly beside the point, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Mostly accurate. Yeah. So, an opposing view was given via a group of American Roman Catholic bishops that made a statement. They assert that government involvement and assistance of religious institutions and practices have a long history in the United States. They argued that Thomas Jefferson huh, and James Madison and other founders, who I'm sure they're with you, did not intend on a, separation, a wall of separation and conclude that attempts to separate government and religion are examples of secularism which threatens to weaken religion in the U.S. <clears throat> the ideas you've provided with your jack-in-the-box vocal puppetry, Franklin, is, is certainly something to think about. The detail in the accounts is extraordinary. Again, Jefferson, I tell you it's no trick. There's no intent to deceive here. I'm inclined to believe the same, though your show might fare better with more mentioning of my genius and how it's turned the future into an altruistic utopia only to rival heaven itself. The, the voice you hear comes not from me. It's either patently preposterous or blatant witchcraft. The information provided by Elton through the wooden box is intriguing. Yeah, indeed, while, while, it, while its source may be quixotic, the ideas are worth debating. Furthermore, I would invite elaboration on the future of rights in general, um, particularly equal rights, both civil and uh, voting pertaining to every citizen, including Negroes and women and differing persuasions therein. Uh, whether the wording we use uh, could address any issues with concise language, as well as whether they should be uh, added now, or are there issues that could be resolved instead of... Uh, in, 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 uh, you would think that, of, uh, Jay, you plotting simpleton. 
Rights are for people, not things. I request that that be stricken from the record, Hancock. I further propose that henceforth John Jay be relegated to the least recognized member of the founding fathers of the United States Colonial Smoke and Toke Club and or powdered wig pimp anonymous chapter of the Continental Congress. Madison? Oh, I shall have my justice, I swear it. It's also not an official record, Madison, just an ongoing transcript to catch ideas as we're having them. And don't mind him, John, he's just having a fit. There hasn't been one good idea from him yet. Hamilton! Guys, this has been great. Or whatever the opposite of that is. Uh, you killed my boredom, though, so thank you uh, for all that. But really, man, I'm getting tired, so, you know. Wait, wait, please. Uh, wait, uh, please. Just a few more questions, please. Um, all right. All right, sure, why not? Fantastic. Fine. Uh, uh, the question okay. I have is, uh, at this point, has it, uh, at this point, uh, has it uh, been deemed necessary to alter or uh, possibly revoke the Bill of Rights we eventually agree upon? Like suspend them? Uh, sure, there, there are arguments both for and against whether the Bill of Rights can be restricted by anybody. Uh, well, anybody voted into power by the people, that is. An elected representative restricting the rights of the citizenry? And that flies in the face of all we've set out to do. We have no idea of the crisis that motivated such an extreme decision such as that. And speculation makes for poor verdicts, Tom. Quiet, Jay. You sound as stupid as you did a minute ago. Pay them no mind. If you would be kind enough to continue, Elton, I think the information you provide would be most helpful. You guys, you guys are way too into this Founding Fathers thing, man. I'm telling you. It's not sexual, is it? I mean, I know some folks dress up, which is fine. I mean, you know, you know, it's not my business. Teach his own, man. You know, whatever. You know, hey, whatever. You know, uh, you know, President Lincoln argued uh, in favor of being able to suspend them. Uh, rights, that is, uh, that the inherent power of the executive uh, justified using whatever measures are necessary to protect national security at a time of crisis. He also asserted that his actions would do no permanent harm to the liberties protected under the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. This was in response to a group from Albany, New York, that offered general support of the war. They decried the civil liberties violations of arresting and detaining thousands of suspected enemy sympathizers, suppressing their constitutional rights, including habeas corpus, which is a constitutional provision, as you know, forbidding unlawful detention and the procedural rights guaranteed in the Fifth through the Eighth Amendments of the Bill of Rights. Associate Justice David Davis wrote an opinion that the Constitution of the U.S. is a law for rulers and people equally in war and peace and covers with the shield of its protection all classes of men, at all times, and under all circumstances. Which basically stated that the President had violated individual rights laid out and guaranteed by the Bill of Rights and had no authority to try people in military court, which he did. Unless, you know, unless it's during war, and only when regular courts were not functioning. It's diabolical that the president, elected by the people, would ever see fit to steal away the rights of the very citizens that voted him into office. Speculation makes... Uh, 
We have no idea of the crisis that may have motivated John you. John Jay, it's like you've reached into the heart of a lively discussion that. and tranquilized it. I that. swear, the very sound of your voice that. is a cure for the illness of intelligence. Madison! Justice, Madison. Justice. Uh, quiet. Quiet. Uh, it, it goes on to discuss the limiting of speech by governing bodies when the Smith Act, the first peacetime sedition act, uh, you know, since the last one. Do tell, Elton. Well, all right. It was decided by the Supreme Court that Congress uh, could determine that some ideas, such as advocating for communism, uh, they were so inherently dangerous that prohibiting their expression is justified and could be restricted. Communism? That seems to portend a state-recognized act of flagrant group fornication, yes? Wow. Have you lost your mind, James? What else could it be, Magic Box Man? Not that. Has the future become overly obsessed with shooting twixt wind and water? <gasps> Perhaps riding below the crupper? Dancing the papian jigs? Ah, what? It's an honest question what? to where the burgeoning country we've established is heading. Thank you. A question of depravity and loss of moral fortitude, you mean, you degenerate, perverted fiend? I don't know what any of that shit means. Guys, um, Forgive him, Spirit, for his limited knowledge of the above. Madison's education is limited to self-love. I'm sorry you had to hear that, Spirit, from the box. I think we should move on. We have but one or perhaps two questions more, and you may return to the ghastly realm from whence you came. Is that all right? I'm starting to regret. Please, uh, one more question. Right, uh, sure. Th th thank you. Uh, one, uh, more, uh, one, one more, uh, oh, uh, um, you mentioned the issue of, uh, privacy. W what does your tome infer about, what does your tome infer about that? Tome, huh? Nice. Regarding privacy, uh, Hugo Black, an associate justice of the Supreme Court, 1937 to 1971, stated that a constitutional right to privacy isn't a constitutional provision, nor are there provisions forbidding any law ever to be passed which might abridge the privacy of individuals. There are, he said, guarantees in certain specific constitutional provisions which are designed in part to protect privacy at certain times and places with respect to certain activities. His was a dissenting argument in a case that ruled uh, the law violated the defendant's right to privacy, implied in the First, Fourth, Fifth, and Ninth Amendments of the Bill of Rights. Look, today the Bill of Rights is celebrated and disputed. Centuries after the ratification, they remain the subject of controversy and compelling interest for millions. In attempting to understand and apply the Bill of Rights, a lot of Supreme Court justices, judges, political leaders, legal philosophers, and others have looked at its history. Some argue that the quote-unquote original intent of the writers should be the primary guide to applying them while others criticize that approach by saying the Constitution is a living document meant to change to be relevant to a changing American society. All in all, it's Americans who, by their beliefs and actions, determine the value of the Bill of Rights. Judge Learned Hand, who served 50 years on the bench, said, Liberty lies in the hearts of men and women. When it dies there, no Constitution, no law, no court can save it. No constitution, no law, no court can even do much to help it. I hope this helps you, gentlemen. For now, however, I take my leave of you. I'm off to uh, mouth the knife juggle, paper mache, and let's face it, 
probably choke my chicken. Why would you choke your chicken? You used up your last question already, Jefferson. Tonight, gentlemen, I bid you adieu. Don't revolutionary cosplay too much, or uh, or you might grow powdered wigs on your hands. That was a good one! That was a good one! I believe he's gone now. Well, that was informative. It was shit. Not once did he mention any of my achievements. Why would being a perverted, grotesquely stupid windbag that's shunned by the fairest sex be recognized as an achievement at any time? It's already a nuisance in the presence. Why carry it into the future? John, so help me. Justice! Uh, okay, gents. I, I think we have a lot of work ahead of us. Franklin's disembodied voice trick was both amusing and thought-provoking. <sighs> Perhaps it's best we take our leave, rest, and rejoin with, with clearer heads to rectify the task still before us, the Bill of Rights. You're saying you're too high to do it now. Definitely, yes. Gentlemen, gentlemen, let us adjourn! Hancock, if you would put your masterfully written transcript with which only the very mind and hand of God could have so skillfully rendered into uh, this uh, uh, this box with the holes in it next to the uh, water pipe I've managed to wedge in between a ridiculous amount of cogs and springs. Whose box is this? What box? The one with the uh, handle. And gears and and things that, that looks like a a jack in the box with without a clown. Oh, I I'm not really sure. Well, it's going in the cellar, so we can find it next time. Very well. Could you take it down there, Hancock? Uh, I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, now, uh, now, uh, gentlemen, uh, perhaps we should enjoy a, a meal of. Ham. Oh, and venison. Bacon and fowl. Oh, and pigeon of some sort. Wheat and bread with butter. And, uh, oh, uh, turkey. Eggs, milk, and cheese. Goodness, John. I'm sorry, you've grown a bit hungry. I think we all have, Jay. For once, I'm in agreement with Mr. Jay. We should have all of what he said. All of it. Now. I'll inquire with the owner as to what is available. Damn it! Hancock, stop writing and put the box in the cellar! And gingerbread, too. Mm, gingerbread. Gingerbread's so great. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Elton Reads a Book a Week. You can subscribe to it on Google Play and iTunes and get them downloaded automatically whenever you get your, you know, bulk of podcasts. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, too. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Elton Reads a Book a Week. You can contribute to the podcast, uh, if you want, by visiting patreon.com slash Elton Reads a Book a Week. Everything contributed is put right back into the podcast, so you will actually be a direct factor in this process. You will help create this show. You will be part of it. You can also visit facebook.com slash Elton Reads Too Much and chastise me there 
by liking the page and getting updates on new episodes and daily posts about all sorts of stupid, interesting things related to this podcast. You can also follow me, huh? On Twitter, it's uh, you know, at Elton Reads a lot. So, thank you again for listening. As always, I really do appreciate it. So, really, sincerely, thank you. Oh, and um, if you could read a book, will you? Don't let them die out, right? Thanks. Bye.